In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'd like to start uh, this Reformation Day uh, sermon by by asking you all a question, and you can just raise your hand to tell me the answer. Uh, The the question is, how many of you here today have ever attempted, attempted to learn a foreign language? Any of you? Oh, a lot of you. Okay, good. Um, Now, I've heard this. I I don't know if it's true, but I've heard uh, that for some people, learning a language is easy, that it just comes naturally. Uh, If you're one of those people, please do not tell me. Uh, I do not want to hear it because uh, for me and probably for a lot of us here today, that's just not the case, Uh, that learning a language is not easy. Uh, It takes a lot of hard work, and it might take years, maybe even decades, to fully understand a foreign language. Um, And that's because when you are first learning a language, everything is new, right? New words, new sounds you never heard before. You are reading things and hearing things and saying things that you're just not accustomed to. And, and there's a lot to figure out, you know. Uh, how do you exactly roll in R? And, and what do you do with those two little dots over some letters or that squiggly little line over others? There's the intricacies of sentence structure and, and verb conjugation to figure out. I mean, learning a language is a, a lot of hard work. Uh, but, but I'm not here today to talk with you uh, about Spanish words or Chinese words or the French or the German language. I, I would actually like for us to talk this morning instead about God's language, the, the language of his word. And, and yet it seems to me that uh, God's word, his, his language, as he comes to us and speaks to us in the scripture, that, that sometimes it's even harder to understand, more difficult to comprehend than Spanish or German or French. Uh, And and that's not primarily because uh, of the whole new vocabulary that we come across in God's Word, although when we read our Bible, we do hear about a whole lot of new words like propitiation and atonement and righteousness, words we don't hear anywhere else. But but with a good dictionary, I think most of us can can understand and learn those words. No, what I think makes God's work so so confusing sometimes, so overwhelming, so hard to understand and and to come to terms with, uh, aren't those individual words? but instead what those words are saying to us and about us. Uh, You see, in in Scripture, in God's Word, we hear things that we just don't hear anywhere else, and we are challenged and confronted in ways maybe that we're not used to. And and God's Word sometimes can be awfully hard to understand. I I don't know about you, but but sometimes I wish it wasn't this way, right? You you come to church on, on Sunday and if you just lived through a week of mess and sin and brokenness in your own life, but also on our TV screens, I mean, life is just hard sometimes. And, and so we come to church at the end of a, a rough week, and all we want to hear is a nice, encouraging story, right? Uh, some uplifting tale of one of God's faithful people from long ago who, who God worked through and uplifted, encouraged, and, and maybe they achieved their dreams. Or, or maybe we come to church at the end of a, a hard week, and, and all we want to hear is a piece of godly practical advice. Or, or maybe you've sat down at home and it's been years since you cracked open the Bible, but you've finally worked up the courage and you sit down and all you want to hear is, you know, something that will tell you how to make it through another day, how to deal with your kids or your family or your spouse or your job, just some piece of practical advice. And instead, you, you come to church or you open up your Bible and you hear these, these pretty wild stories, right? Uh, uh, stories about God-ordained kings killing innocent people. Uh, Stories of brothers murdering brothers. Uh, Stories of adultery and and lies and lust and and murder. And sometimes you think to yourself, what is going on here? What is is God trying to tell me? You you read stories about people like King David. You know King David, right? David and Goliath. 
the Bible describes King David as a man after God's own heart. Sounds nice. It's true. Uh, but if you read David's story, you learn something else about David, right? He was a man after God's own heart, but he was also a man after another man's wife. And he was willing to do whatever he could to get her. And sometimes we, we, we come to church, we open up our Bibles looking just for a little bit of encouragement, just a little bit of practical advice, and, and we leave confused. We think to ourselves, Lord, you've given us a, a few hundred pages of your word, and, and this is all we get? And yet to me, that's not even the worst of it. Uh, that's not even the most confusing parts. No, the hardest parts for me to understand about God's word aren't the stories about saints long gone, but the parts that speak directly to me and about me, the parts of Scripture that challenge my ways of thinking and living and believing and confront me with some really hard truths. To me, the really hard parts of Scripture to wrap my mind around and to grapple with are, are, are the parts that tell me that the things about my life that I am so proud of, the things that I consider my strengths, are actually sometimes my greatest weaknesses. The, the parts of Scripture for me that are really hard to understand are, are, are the parts that remind me that, that all of my earthly and worldly hopes and dreams and aspirations for success and and money, that that all of those are worthless apart from Jesus. The really hard parts of Scripture for me to wrap my mind around are are the parts that tell me that the things I like doing most in life, the the greatest pleasures I find in this world, are are very often sins that are condemned. And and my favorite idols are made to be nothing. Sometimes Scripture is, is really hard to understand. God's Word can be really difficult to comprehend. More times than I would like to admit, I have tried to learn a language, maybe like some of you. The, the language I've always tried to learn is Spanish, and, and it usually plays out something like this. Uh, seven times now, I have been uh, on mission trips to, to places where they speak Spanish. And uh, just this past uh, spring, uh, we went with some of you here down to Isleta Lutheran Mission in El Paso, Texas. And you spend a week uh, hearing the language and, and having it surround you. And every time I come back from a trip like that and I tell myself, this is it. I am going to learn Spanish. And I buy all the books. I sign up for the classes. I, I make my flashcards. I am all excited. And a couple weeks go by and, and, and I'm on fire and I'm learning the language. And, and I think I'm making progress. And then all of a sudden, something gets in the way. I come across some new verb form that I haven't heard before, and and I'm just kind of left confused. Or I turn on the TV, ready to watch some Spanish TV show, and and I can't understand a word. And and it's hard. It's it's difficult. It's not always easy. And I, I get frustrated. It feels overwhelming. And so what usually happens after about a month or so is I set the books aside. I cancel the classes. I give up. I I quit. And you know, brothers and sisters, there's that same, same temptation, I think, for all of us with God's Word. Uh, again, we, we, we come to God's Word wanting just to hear an encouraging story, something that will uplift us, and instead we read about someone like Stephen. Good, faithful Stephen, who stood up for his faith in the midst of persecution. And what did he get as a reward? Death. Or we come to, to church, or we open up God's Word, and, and we just want to hear some practical advice, something we can apply to our lives, and Instead, we hear Jesus say something like, anyone who wants to be my disciple must give everything up, deny themselves, pick up their crosses, and follow me. That the Christian life is all about sacrifice. 
And that's where the temptation comes. It, it might be overwhelming. It might be difficult to understand. Lord, what do you want from me? What do these stories mean? Why are you confronting everything I thought I believed in? And, and there's that temptation to close our ears or to lay the Bibles aside, to give up on God's word. Uh, but my encouragement to all of us here today uh, on this Reformation weekend would be to not do that. <laughs> to not give up on God's word. Uh, because, you see, God's word, is, as hard as it, it might be sometimes, it, it's most certainly, and you know this, it doesn't always tell us what we would like to hear. Uh, but God's word does always tell us what we need to hear. Uh, I, I believe that God's word, scripture, it, it's, it's one of the only places that we can go to for, for real truth and honesty. Right? It's, it's hard to find people that will be completely truthful and honest with you. Uh, sometimes we, we might not even get it from our spouses. Oh, honey, you look great. You look fantastic. Or, or we might not get it from our kids. I didn't do that, Mom. I found it like that. Uh, we might not get truth and honesty from, from our friends, from our coworkers, from our bosses, but, but you open up God's word and you will get real truth and honesty every single time. It, it won't tell you what you want to hear, but it will tell you what you need to hear. And, and that's why I think we have all of these stories about sinners like David and Lot and Noah and and Abraham. That's why we hear tales of murders and lust and lies and adultery because, because we have a God who is completely true and honest, who doesn't sugarcoat things, who doesn't pretend like his people are always perfect, uh, who doesn't live a lie in, in a fairy tale storybook world, but a God who, who tells those stories of Noah and Abraham and, and Lot and, and all of the rest so that we would read those stories and see that those people are actually us. That we're really not all that different. <laughs> the sins might be different, uh, but the problem is the same. And, and that what Noah and David and Abraham and all of those sinners needed is what you and I need. But it's also what God gives. A Savior named Jesus. You see, that's why God tells us these stories that we don't hear anywhere else. That's why he challenges us and confronts us so much. Just, that's why he speaks to us sometimes with such brutal honesty. It's not to crush us. It's, it's not to leave us in despair. It's, it's not to make us depressed. No, no God tells us those stories. He, he comes to us with brutal honesty so that we would see that from apart from him, we have nothing, but, but in him we have everything. Without Jesus, our lives are, are empty, but with Jesus, they are full to abundance. He wants us to see that without a Savior, our, our lives so often are hurting and broken, but with a Savior, we are healed and whole. See, I can't promise you that, that your Bible will always make sense of, to you, that every uh, word, every sentence, every story will always click, but what I can be sure of is that all of those, all of those stories, every sentence, every paragraph, every word is all about one thing, one person named Jesus. From start to finish, that's what it's all about. God is trying to get us to see what we need is him. What we need is his sacrifice, which defines us. What we need is his love, which never leaves us or forsakes us. What we need is his grace and mercy, which cover us. What we need is his cross, which freely forgives us. What we need is his tomb, which, which brings us new life. And it's that which we need, which is exactly what God gives. And that's what it's all about from start to finish. God's word is all about Jesus. 
Uh, a couple of years ago, probably now, uh, and this will come uh, at no shock to any of you who know me, uh, I was sitting at a coffee shop and uh, I was waiting for a meeting or an appointment or something and I didn't have anything, my phone or anything to occupy my time and, and so I was just kind of people watching around the shop there and and across from me was uh, a man who was reading a newspaper, which, of course, isn't out of the ordinary, except that he was reading it out loud. And as I sat there, I listened to him, and I noticed his words were, were slow and stumbling. Uh, he was mispronouncing uh, every word, it seemed, and uh, as I listened closer, I, I could tell that he had this thick accent. After uh, reading the newspaper out loud to himself for a few minutes, this man eventually got a phone call and he answered and he spoke in Spanish. I talked for a few minutes in Spanish, uh, hung up the phone, and went back to reading the newspaper in English. Slow, stumbling, mispronouncing just about every word, uh, accent dripping from the pages. And what I came to realize about him, at least what I think, what my best guess was, was that he was reading that newspaper in order to learn the language. Uh, by speaking the words and reading the words, he was trying to teach himself English. And, and so as I sat there, I had all these questions going through my mind. Like, like, did he understand what he was reading? Or were those just sounds coming out of his mouth and symbols on the page? How, how long had he been at this? You know, how, how long had he been reading? And, and how long would it take him to, to learn the language? A, a lot of questions I, I don't know the answer to. Uh, but what I do know, at least what I think I know, is, is that if he could keep at it, <laughs> If he would just keep reading, if he would just keep speaking those words on the page, those sounds coming out of his mouth would one day uh, become words. And, and, and as, if he kept on reading, eventually those words would begin to make sense. He would form them into sentences and, and then into stories. And, and if he would just keep reading after that, eventually those words and those sentences would begin to make sense. He would understand what he was reading. And, and if he would just keep at it longer than that, eventually those words on those page, those English words, would become his words. He would learn the language. He would uh, figure out how to speak English. And as I thought about that later, it occurred to me that that's how all of us start out with God's word. Some of us as children, others of us later in life. When, when we first come to God's word, at, at first it's nothing but sounds into our ears or out of our mouths or, or little symbols and scribbles on a piece of paper. Uh, but over time, as, as we continue to come to church and read our Bibles, uh, eventually those, those sounds and those symbols will become words. And, and if we keep on reading and listening and speaking and saying, uh, eventually those words will become a message. And, and eventually we'll see, if we keep on reading and listening and speaking and singing, we'll see that that message is all about one person named Jesus. And then we'll begin to see that he is our hope, that, that he is our peace, that he is our strength, that in him we have life. We'll see that we are forgiven, that we are his children, that God's word is really all about him. And, and sometimes that message of Jesus, as free as it is, it, it might seem too good to be true, but, but it is true, and it's for you. It's what you need, and it's what God gives. So brothers and sisters, keep on reading. <laughs> Keep on coming here, keep on speaking, keep on singing, keep on opening up your Bibles at home by yourselves or, or with your families or, or in a group. Because what a wonderful word it is. God's word. And it's all about Jesus. In his name, amen.